0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Uncredible Gamers podcast, the show where each month, the three of us play a game and get together to talk about it so that you can relive and revisit some of your favorite gaming moments. Due to the length and sheer amount of things to talk about with this game, we're breaking this month's podcast into two episodes with the next installment to be released next week. This one's a critical darling and was somehow spookier than I remembered. So sit back and relax as we talk about Bioshock. For our parents who may listen to an episode from time to time, may this act as your content warning. Let's go. Shall we? Let's. Would you kindly? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm going to need to bust that out, you know. <laughs> So, I know we've got a lot of content to get through today. We've got a packed show with the game Bioshock being as uh, well known and beloved as it is. But I have to like intro my day into this recording because I, you know, spent the day at my desk working, not doing anything.
1: Yeah. Physical. Like,
0: physical. Just uh, okay. I did. <laughs> yes. Good call. I did do stuff, <laughs> but it was not physical. And so, in the. Evenings lately, I've just needed like cups and cups of coffee in order to stay active and get things done in, at night because I'm so drained from the not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But somet- sometimes, very rarely, when I work out, I have extra energy after working out. I don't know if this is a phenomenon that you guys also experience. I think, it's, I think that's I think it's how called it's supposed it to happen. Endorphins,
2: yeah. Like. <laughs> But even like hours afterward? I don't know. I, don't I know. It I mean, sounds I like think, magic I mean, to me. I, uh, I wouldn't know, but I think people that exercise <laughs> regularly credit their energy to the fact that they regularly exercise. So.
0: But what I'm saying is it's about a 50-50 thing for me. And sure. so as we were like, as I was wrapping up, I would, thought to myself, do I hop on the elliptical today or do I skip? Knowing that we got to record. And then I made the gamble, got on the elliptical. <laughs> I was I was running, you know, moving those little skis, yeah. pumping mm-hmm. my arms. And then, you know, how you get into like daydream land a little bit. And then that's good. Like, yeah. I don't want to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, okay, how long have I been doing this? How much more to go? I go for 30 minutes. I look down, two minutes and 18 seconds
1: <laughs> had passed.
0: <laughs> and you're like, all done. And I thought... <laughs> dear lord (laughs) maybe maybe this was a mistake so i'll let the listener judge what they think my energy levels are today so but i got a cup of coffee as backup just in case so but the game today is as we mentioned before bioshock so i'm brandon we've got ashley across the table
3: hello
2: and sean across the great lake of michigan the great lake of michigan i was thrown off by that I think I
0: think accurate, but maybe perhaps yeah. weird. Well,
2: myself in Wisconsin. Well, although yeah. I'm not a born Wisconsinite, maybe would say it's called Lake Michigan, but is it really the Lake of Michigan?
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't know. Michigan has that whole Upper Peninsula thing, I guess. So,
0: yeah, they've got more I just, land. You know that that zone between being correct and being awkward. I live right in that sweet spot. <laughs> That's my. That's a <laughs> So, okay, Bioshock. Yeah. Released August 21st, 2007 mm-hmm. on the PS3, Xbox 360, PC generation. We all played, I believe, on the PlayStation 4 Yes. yes as a part of the collection that got some new textures and uh, new shaders. Everything looked shinier than it did in the first, a little crisper than it did when it came out. So we got the, mm-hmm. you know, we played it. With the benefit of hindsight. Okay. Um, I played it originally on the PS3. And, you know, how your memory kind of... You look back and things always looked better in your memory than they do in real life. So, mm. playing it on the PS4, I think it looked like I, like what I remembered it looking like. Yeah. Even though I'm sure that it wasn't that. Hmm. Okay. The game is described in, in the Wikipedia, the Bioshock Wiki, as a retro-futuristic game. Which is one of my favorite... Terms that I had just heard for the first time in researching (laughs) this episode.
3: I could see that for sure.
0: It is totally perfect, right? I think like cyberpunk is also kind of a retro futuristic genre. Not side, not cyberpunk. Steampunk, excuse me, steampunk, which is you know
2: 1800s. Oh, this and this franchise goes into that, right?
0: Kind of steampunky, you think?
2: Infinite, right? Is
0: I would. Oh, infinite, yes, yes. This franchise, I think infinite. Yeah, infinite is kind of steampunky. I think. Yeah, I think. But Ashley is like, well, "I don't know what you're talking about, so: when
3: the game opens, it uh, flashes that you are in over the mid- atlantic 1960.
0: So the game takes place in 1960.:
3: So we're led to believe.
0: Okay. Yes, I hadn't done my homework on exactly when the game takes place. I know that
3: it's part of my intro.
0: Yes, good <laughs> good. well i won't I won't get into that <laughs> in too much detail here, uh, yeah, so stay tuned.
2: Well, yeah, that's a great term. Retro-futuristic, yeah. Segment on oxymoron terms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pocket that shit. Okay. The game was developed by Irrational Games, which I think was called 2K Boston. Has since turned into ghost story games with help from 2K Australia and 2K Marine, which is in California. 2K game, you probably saw that logo every time that you booted it up.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 2K is the sort of gigantic publisher these days they do a lot of sports games yes um but the development was led by Ken Levine who would also go on to develop the sequel BioShock Infinite before this i think he was was pretty well known for a game called System Shock i should have said that Ken Levine was a designer on System Shock 2 The original System Shock was developed by Looking Glass Technologies with Doug Church and Warren Spector leading the project. System Shock was for the PC, I think. I don't know that it was on console, but it sort of was a hit uh, cult classic game. And this game is sort of known as the spiritual successor to System Shock. Two. I don't know very much about System Shock. Two at all, other than the name and Ken Levine's uh, connection to it. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know, Ken Levine's kind of. If there's a handful of developers in the industry that are kind of known by name, you've got the Shigeru Miyamoto's, the Hideo Kojima with Metal Gear. I would put Ken Levine in that in that group of like yeah. auteurs who are closely tied to the properties that they've shepherded. Nice. I don't think we want to go too much into, you know, more background. I think as we go through the game, we'll start talking a lot about the themes and, the, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and what comes up as we're, you know, as we're introduced to different aspects. So, yeah, I'm just going to really kick it to Ashley to start Woo-hoo-hoo. us off. But before we do that, I want to tell the listeners what our top threes are.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Because mm-hmm. I always forget to do this. And so I'm very proud of myself. That I did not forget today.
3: (laughs) Yes, because it is a pain to edit later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, the top threes that we are going to be discussing as we go are our top three plasmids, our top three weapons that we used or like to use, and top three levels. And by levels, we mean of the main eight that you can kind of reach on the bathysphere uh, when you begin and end. Each kind of major section. Sections of rapture. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Mm -hmm. without any further ado, I'm going to kick it to you, Ash.
3: Okay. So the game opens with you on an airplane going over the Atlantic in 1960. And this is a... First person shooter game. So you see like your hands and you're holding um, a cigarette, looking at a picture of your family and you have what looks to be a present with a note from your mom and dad that says with love for mom and dad, would you kindly not open until, and then the lights go out and the plane crashes. Yeah. I'm going to
0: jump in right away. Two things. First off, would you kindly?
3: Would you kindly? Mm
0: -hmm. In the, in the writing is a would you kindly? Yes. Important to note.
3: Yep, didn't catch it in the beginning. Of course no not. Way. Right? Yep. Why no would way. you? No, I did on my second time through. Ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So you mentioned this being a first-person shooter. Yes. Right? FPS. This is your first time playing what we would consider an FPS. True or false?
3: Uh, true. Because the first time I played first-person shooter, I lasted maybe like two minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. You did. <laughs> you know, I remember you picking up the controller when like Call of Duty was very popular back in like the day.
3: Is that the game that it was? I
0: think so. I, I can't remember. So. You were playing multiplayer. You went like right into multiplayer. And I think yeah, you held your own actually. That was very you know.
3: Yeah I can't remember the name of the game but we are in space I think. Would that line up?
0: Oh no no. So you're thinking of Mass Effect 2.
3: That's the one I remember. Yes
0: not a first person shooter. That one oh. you see your character in that one. But this was mm-hmm. like a decade ago so i I forgive you for not remembering exactly
3: (laughs) well i feel like it felt like a first person shooter whatever i was playing and maybe it wasn't space maybe it just kind of looked like a warehouse that was gray that could have been space well i don't know
0: and you did play you did play call of duty you know i think once and was was quite good at it for never having like controlled a camera on a separate stick than controlling your uh your gun so i was uh i was pretty impressed I don't know. which which leads me into my comment that you were like a freaking natural i
3: did good going yeah. through this
0: game and i was impressed
3: well the, yeah the first time i've kind of used the what do they call it i'm sorry uh the dual st- sticks
0: the dual sticks
3: yes was that right did i say it right yeah sweet okay <laughs> well, the first time i had the hardest time using the dual sticks and would ping pong the camera up down left right with like no gradient. I was either looking at the ceiling or the floor, which obviously made it really challenging to aim the gun or whatever it was that I was using. So it wasn't very fun for me that first time because I would obviously immediately die because I didn't, couldn't defend myself. So my first time playing that type of game ended pretty quickly. So I made it obviously much farther in this game.
0: Yeah. Sean, you are an old hat at some FPSs. Uh yeah, maybe it's not your like. Would you say that it's your most played genre?
2: Probably just by the amount of like multiplayer games growing up. Like there was some time with Halo 3 with friends after school online kind of stuff, a little bit of the Call of Duty stuff. But yeah, probably just because of the fact of like that those are mo- mainly like the online multiplayer type games that are popular probably haven't played like a ton of first-person shooters that are just like a solo campaign
1: yeah
0: the fps's are not my they're not the first game that i would pick to play if that makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. but i like you know i enjoy them
3: yeah i think i liked it
0: yeah yeah
3: yeah all right so your plane crashes and you get to the surface of the water and spot what they're calling a lighthouse in the distance i it didn't look like a lighthouse to me but that's okay <laughs> so You swim over and you find an entrance. I thought, okay, maybe I can find some help in here. Cool, phone to radio for help, something. But there isn't anything like that in there. Uh, You instead see a large bust of a man and a banner that reads, no gods or kings, only man. So immediately I think, hmm, this seems intense for a random lighthouse in the ocean.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're also forgetting that there's a plane that was half sunk.
3: Oh, can't forget about the half sunk things. Yeah. And, like
0: and I got to tell you, every time. Every time. This
2: edition of.
0: Yeah. Every time that something is just like sticking out of water, I'm thinking, ooh, man, boy. I like this. There's something about this look that's just really cool.
3: Yeah. So. So, this is where you are now. There's only a set of stairs leading down, which takes you to a... Always a
2: good sign.
0: Exactly.
3: Right. Yes. A bathysphere, right? Is that how we say it? Bathysphere,
0: I think so. I think that's how I A I'd pod
3: say. that takes you down into the ocean. So, you think, okay, I'm going to go in here and who knows my plane crashed. Got to go somewhere, I guess, is what we're thinking. I don't know. So... A video starts playing with a man named Andrew Ryan who talks about a utopia free from government where science would thrive. Hmm, another point where you would wonder where am I headed, right? So now we descend into the ocean and you're introduced to Rapture, this underwater civilization that looks futuristic and vintage all at the same time with this 50s style scenery and neon lights advertising all different areas of the city so this is our first view of rapture and
0: what did and what did you think of looking at that like
3: i mean it looked super cool for sure especially with all the neon lights it looked like somewhere that would be cool to visit minus being underwater kind of thing
0: sean this is uh your first time playing bioshock not the first time playing a bioshock game since you played infinite before this but right what did you think
2: i mean yeah it's it's so cool i think the thing i related to and i'm now that i think about this there's like a growing theme i guess where i don't know maybe once an episode i bring up like a star wars reference i don't know why probably because that's a huge uh, ip in, <laughs> in uh, since i've been born anyway it reminded me of like phantom menace as a kid where they like swim down to the gungans and you're like oh there is this sunken city i don't know atlantis obviously there's like something you know crazy cool about a sunken city
0: i think i heard the collective scream groan much like much like obi-wan felt the multiple deaths of Alderaan when yeah when Vader blew up the planet. Phantom
2: Menace. I don't know. Re- I referencing was referencing
0: the Gungans. I was
2: like <laughs> six years old when the Phantom Menace came out, and the Gungan <laughs> City thing was cool. Um,
0: you but do I hear you, me, Sean. But I hear you, though. I hear you. It is that I kind of, I, and this aligns with the half-sunk thing, right? Anything that's like physically not supposed in, to be implausible, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a fantastical element to the game, yeah, makes it just really enticing to look at and yeah. and rapture I would almost say rapture is like the main character of the game,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: in a lot of ways, I mean mm-hmm. obviously you have and Ryan arguably is probably the biggest figure that looms as actually is describing him in the video that played, yeah, we got kind of the sense of who this guy is in a way, at least the the idea that. Yeah. Andrew ryan had when he established rapture mm-hmm. as this what is he oh, he opens this thing with is a man not entitled to the sweat on his brow like <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. uh free markets libertarianism this kind of i think objectivism is another word that's just every man for them so every man will do what's best for them yeah. and then that's just how society will function yeah and the entire game is a reflection on that ideal, sure. on that
3: mm-hmm.
0: on that thought, on that theory. And yep. what happens, you're going to get into it in a second, but you get here, yeah. and the place is a fucking hellhole.
3: Yes. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your pod docks, and you immediately see someone get murdered while you're in your locked pod. Yes. Again, yeah. another huge red flag. So... Now my Spidey senses are tingling like crazy about what the heck am I getting into here.
0: Well, and, and okay, a little bit of background for the listener. We started playing The Walking Dead, the Telltale game. Yeah. Like, we were going to say, okay, that's a great game. We can talk about our decisions <laughs> and... And then Ashley started playing it and got about. There's zombies mm, in it. Did you know that? Maybe (laughs) ten minutes. And then you're like, I can't do this. Like it's too. I don't do zombies. Like it's scary. I don't do scary. scary.
3: And then I'm thinking. I think it's like the slow like walk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know. Months go by. We're making a schedule for the game. I think you know, Bioshock's a great game. It's classic. It's renowned. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Let's play Bioshock. Never once, Sean, did it cross my mind (laughs) that this is a a horror game.
3: I had no idea what it was going into it. But I started,
0: I booted it up, I played, I got to the point where we're down in the, we're like trapped in the bathysphere that Ashley's describing. We see this person get murdered by this spider slicer that's, you know. And (laughs) I thought to myself, oh Uh -oh. God, (laughs) what did I do? (laughs) And so, as as we're describing our playtime, keep that in mind that Ashley like does not do horror.
3: I and only okay. I think I squealed twice during the game. Yeah, which when we played Spider Man for the first time,
0: you squealed a lot more. I than squealed that.
3: a lot in that game because <laughs> they would spook me, or during the fights I would squeal when I was fighting. But I only I only squealed twice in this game.
0: You did the and first time. Up.
3: The first time was a light flickered. <laughs>
0: A light turned on.
3: <laughs> Literally a
0: light turned on and Ashley goes,
3: bah! And it spooked me. And then the second time was far later and something was like right behind me when I turned around and yeah. I wasn't expecting them there.
0: Well, yep. there, yeah, there's, we get into sections where the splicers like are playing dead basically. And then yeah. they got gotcha.
3: They got me. They got but they got you too. You got spooked. You were with me when that part happened.
0: Yeah, I didn't scream, but I did get spooked. I will admit to that. Well,
3: <laughs> But I could only play during the daytime. I yes. couldn't play at night and I could only play for short bursts of time. I think like the longest stint I went was like 45 minutes, maybe.
0: And that's not unlike how you play games anyway. So,
3: well, yeah, but otherwise, then I would have dreams about splicers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Now we should also get out there. I played on hard,
3: I played on easy. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs>
2: why does Brandon have to start pursuing? I played on hard kind of prove something
1: <laughs> just to um, myself.
2: Anyway, I played on easy. I started the game on normal and then through some deaths and the end result of needing to record a podcast at a certain there's <laughs> <or> a certain <laughs> deadline to deadline hit, loomed. um I I switched it over to easy, which
0: Well games are supposed to be fun for the user, so like, you know, yeah. if if yeah. you're not if you're not enjoying dying then i think yeah. you
3: know yeah that's fair
0: but if it's too if it's and i always think like well if it's too easy then just bump up the difficulty yeah i started on survivor and then there's like a trophy because uh-huh. you know every time i play a game i'm thinking yeah. what can i do to make this <laughs> platinum hunt easier if i want to do it and then there's this trophy that like you have to beat the game without using any of the vita vita chambers hmm on survivor difficulty and i think that's like if you do that then the rest of the trophies are pretty easy jeez um wow yeah but like i don't you know
3: (laughs) i was watching you on hard and you would take damage like twice and die
0: yeah yeah i didn't die that often but no (laughs) (laughs) no i yeah no that's true and and uh on survivor it was like you know much more difficult than that so you have to save And then reload your game if you want to get that trophy. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm not going through this. So I just bumped out hard. And and then had a nice time because, you know, I find for me, I like a little bit of challenge. So Mm -hmm. that was like, that was right in my wheelhouse. So yeah,
3: easy was challenging enough for me.
0: Well, you had, you had the (laughs) horror element to get over anyway. So yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was spooky for sure. Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
3: That's okay. So anyways, you see this murder happen and. You know, my first thought was, let me get the heck out of here. Take this elevator, water elevator, back up to the top. I'm just going to wait for a helicopter to find my plane remains. But that doesn't happen. And you just mosey on out of the bathysphere into rapture. So you exit your bathysphere. And the first uh, weapon introduced is a wrench on the floor. The game does a nice job of highlighting things in the environment that you can pick up and interact mm-hmm. with, which I really like. Yeah,
0: in the golden glow of, like, Yes. Yeah.
3: Look yeah. over here! <laughs>
0: it's, like, not subtle. <laughs> yes,
3: I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Or things like, there, there was, like, a little glint. Like, a little shine, a little glimmer. And uh, I am all about uh, shiny things.
0: <laughs> oh, you love your shiny things. If so, if I, like, half sunk things, you like shiny things.
3: Yeah, I do. So... <laughs> So I'm an explorer, so finding all the things in the environment that I can pick up and store in my imaginary backpack was great. Uh, So pretty quick, you start encountering what are called splicers, these creepy-looking, hopped-up folks. And you'll have to use your wrench to take them out and then loot the body. So pretty quick, you start on survival mode. Again, why at this point do we not just hop back up to the surface and wait for helicopters outside the lighthouse? I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good question. Like, yes, your motivation at this point is, I guess, just to. Oh, no, no. You get contacted right away by Atlas. Yeah.
3: I couldn't remember exactly at what point yeah. you get contacted. Yes. Yeah,
0: so like, right away, when you're in the bathysphere, you've got this guy named.
3: Which is he like calling us? Do we have a phone? Is There's he, a radio,
2: I think, that we pick you up. You pick up the radio in
0: the, in the, in the bathysphere. bathysphere.
3: Yeah. Okay. Because in other times he talks to us and it's like, where is this coming from?
0: Yeah, it's always a, it's always from the radio you pick up at the very beginning. Is like his... you're
3: carrying a radio around mm-hmm. with you.
0: Yeah. OK. Yeah.
3: That makes more sense. That's the
0: conceit, now. I think. Yeah.
3: Cool. So, yeah. OK, so you've talked about Atlas, who I'll kind of introduce now then. So Atlas basically tells us, hey, um, I know it's weird down here, but I'm going to help you out. If you help me, I'll help you boil. Boyle, oh yeah. What is it, Irish or something? Irish, yes, Irish. accent, so, Yes. So he's basically like, My family's still stuck down here. If you help me get find them and save them, I'll help you get out of here. So I guess that's basically our motivation. Again, we could have just pressed up on that <laughs> elevator, but whatever. Anyways.
0: No, we're a hero. We're a hero. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: So you're gonna keep going and you encounter your first plasmid which is an ability that you can use. So this, the first one we get is the, I think they call it the electro bolt. So you can use that to send an electric zap, which is my second favorite plasmid.
1: Yeah.
0: For getting it out there. That's also my second favorite plasmid. Wow. Yeah. Three,
2: Three, whatever that says, whatever that thing is. Uh, sorry. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You and me and the bottle make three. That I that's like a song. Anyway, I don't I don't know why that popped in my head. Electro Bolt also my number two. Oh,
0: nice. Okay, okay, good, <laughs> nice. good. I see now everything makes sense.
3: <laughs> it it works nicely on like cameras that you'll get to later, and yeah, it works well with people in the water. You can electrocute people in the water and. It, Atlas
0: tells you to do that, right at the like the beginning uh-huh. or something. I don't remember. He's there's got there's a couple of splicers that are hanging out in like uh, in in a flooded section. Yeah. And then he's like, "Hey, boy, shock the water." That's I'll, a stop. <laughs> I'll stop. Lovely. <laughs> I'll You're accent. nailing
3: it. You're nailing. I'll stop. It. Yes, <laughs> I am
0: of Irish descent, but I don't think that that instantly bestows upon me the ability to do
3: <laughs> to do
0: an accent. <laughs> As is evidence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so this first section is really easing you into the plasmids and your weapons.
0: Yeah, and we start out there's like a party that was happening, right? Like you can you you walk into this New Year's Eve party that went bad, apparently. Mm-hmm. And some of the clocks are stopped and they've got the mm-hmm. decorations all up in the in this bar and you find your first uh, audio log, I think, here. Okay. At least I did. Okay. And it was Diane McClintock who... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, if, you've, if you were picking up the audio logs as you go, she's like a, a side character that you can like follow through the descent of Rapture.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And this very first one, she was at this party that was... She was going to go to the party with Andrew Ryan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She, her and Andrew Ryan had a fling.
3: Yep. She was, she was like his a, she was was mistress.
0: His, his side piece or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> is that not good? I don't know.
3: <laughs> is that what the young kids are saying? In uh, 1960,
0: days? probably. <laughs> uh, what the grandpa used to say? Hey, dime, dime piece? That's probably not good to say. I don't know. I
3: think that one is still used, but I don't know if it's good or bad. She's a 10? Say. She's a 10? 10? Yeah.
2: A dime. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable now. Um <laughs> So, (laughs) this will surely make it into the final
0: cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So McClintock, like I said, she was going to be there with Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan didn't end up going to the party, but the party was like ambushed by a bunch of splicers. Mm -hmm. That, and this is kind of the moment when things went to hell, right? Um, And she talks about getting like cut from like the blast or from the. She was attacked. She was attacked, and her face was cut. Yep. which will come into play in her story as we go through the, through the, um, through the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys listen to many of the audio logs as you went, or crickets? It crickets? was kind of hit
2: and miss. Um, like, if, it was, if I saw it, I picked it up and I played it. Although, one thing about the game and my, my experience for uh, playing through, I played and I should have, like, worn headphones, I think, to get a better experience. I was trying to play it on a lower volume, and so I missed, I missed a lot of, like, the dialogue sort of stuff. Also, those diary, audio diaries, you know, the rest of the game happens while you're listening to that sort of stuff. So I did find myself, like, picking it up and playing it and then getting distracted because I've got splicers to deal with. Or, oh, crap, a big daddy and a little sister just walked by. Yeah. Um, so... So yeah, so I tried to listen, but um, I didn't pick up a lot uh, of info from them.
3: That was exactly my concern with it as well. So yeah, I picked them up when I found them, for sure. I didn't listen to any of the audio logs until really late in the game. I wasn't sure how long they would take, and I was afraid my game would keep running while I was listening, which it sounds like it would have. Um, and I can't fight bad guys and listen to <laughs> audio at the same time. So I thought it would be a distraction, which it sounds like. It, yeah, that would have been the case. Um, Brandon, you had to turn on subtitles for me because it was too spooky, too. Again, so I kept the volume down <laughs> and just kept like the subtitles on. So then I would read what they were saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would walk in and be like, Are you listening to the audio locks? And you'd be like, Well,
3: I, I, I can't really hear
0: them. And <laughs> well, I'm like, because- Yeah, because you, you got the game on mute. <laughs> <laughs> because
3: and like- if you turn it up, then you turn up all the other creepiness. <laughs>
0: Yes. Well, yeah, that is true. So not on <laughs> mute, but very quiet. And I was. What's funny is that you probably caused yourself more scares because you couldn't hear the people. Like, <laughs> like you didn't know that they were there. Like if if I have a critic, if I have a critique about the game, it's more of a technical one in that the like the audio mixing. Uh, the, of it? Yeah. I don't know about the right. mix, but the, like the the range that you can hear people. Uh-huh. Like yeah. there could be a person on like the second floor in yeah. the building next door. Right. And you'll hear them like they're in the Lawn same room here. as you. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. then that that always had my like hackles up, you know. Sure. huh and uh-huh. and that kind of I struggle with that a little bit. Yes. But um but I understand why you had it quiet cuz some of these people are saying some really creepy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like carrying a shotgun and then saying like if he cooked my steak like that back in New York, he'd be toast. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, what? <laughs>
3: exactly. But I did go and listen to a lot of them towards the end of the game. Brandon you mentioned that it would be a good thing to do, so I did go back, and once you have them on your person, you go back and listen. It pauses the game to do that. So I did run Mm -hmm. through all of them towards the end to get a little bit more of the backstory and to kind of better understand what the heck are we doing down here? Who are all these people and all that fun stuff? I think the most interesting ones were from Dr. Tannenbaum.
0: Yeah, Bridget Tannenbaum, who Mm -hmm. we'll get to here.
3: Yeah, when she was making the Little Sisters, which again, we'll get to that too. But I think I thought hers were the most interesting or I, you know, I liked learning from hers.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Did anybody else have a side story that they liked?
0: Well, for me, probably the most interesting side story was the Diane McClintock because it does kind of follow, as I said three times before, I guess it follows the descent through her story. You can see all the factions that were at play and. Because she, she, she kind of at one point changes sides and then meets not as so good right. fate as I'll talk about when we get to her, her point. But you can kind of track the trajectory of Rapture uh, through her audio logs, which I think mm-hmm. is, was really interesting. There's another one that I'll mention when we get to the end of the game that I also well, think is interesting.
3: Sounds good. So this first section is, again, easing you into the plasmids and your weapons. I think the game did a decent job of giving you tutorials on how to use the mechanics. I think, Brandon, you gave me tips later on how to quickly get to your selection of items, which was helpful, especially because your scene froze while you switched. So it's a good good. way to buy yourself just a little bit of time.
0: That's one of my favorite mechanics. Like in Spider-Man, same story. Like you Mm can Mm -hmm. Ratchet and Clank if we ever play that, I think is... Maybe that's not similar, but Spider-Man definitely. Was it? You like, you, you open up your gadget wheel and then you can just, everything stops. And yeah. you open up your weapon wheel and everything stops and gives you just a second to breathe. <laughs> yeah. You out what I want to do. Now, changing weapons isn't instantaneous. So like you have to be kind of judicious with your, yeah. <laughs> with how you're doing that. But
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. So you keep exploring and you'll find a revolver. And do
0: you rem- remember how you found that revolver?
3: Um... It, it is was in, in a baby carriage. A baby
0: carriage. Creepy. <laughs> there is yeah. like, this is like one of the most iconic scenes from this game really? is the Splicer is talking to this revolver like it's her <laughs> yeah. baby and it's in a baby carriage. Creepy. And then you, I think you see, you like turn this corner in the hallway and there's this gigantic shadow, it's the silhouette of the Splicer with the carriage on the wall. Mm -hmm. just because there's a light source right behind her and then as you you can either sneak up and at this point i think you only have a wrench
3: and your first Mm -hmm. plasmid yeah
0: and your first plasmid yeah yeah which was like shock him and hit him in the head yeah (laughs) yeah but then you take care of her and then you find out that yes she was indeed talking to a revolver that you pick up (laughs) yep
3: so you're starting to explore different areas of Rapture, like restaurant and a theater. And then you find some pretty intense security systems throughout. It took me basically until the last part of the game to figure out how to handle the security systems in Rapture. <laughs> There's cameras with scanners that rotate and flying cameras with, with bullets that attack you when you set the camera off and automatically turrets but if you could get to them without them seeing you and hack them they worked great for your defense so thank you for that tip later
0: brandon this was my primary combat strategy was it yeah i hacked everything Mm. everything i saw i hacked (laughs) like i i focused my uh like my tonics and my Mm -hmm. you know my my power-ups basically on hacking security bots or security things and I, I think I probably spent like probably 15% of my game, 20% of my game on that puzzle screen, <laughs> right? As the things are fl- flowing through. Did you oh, guys do man. much hacking?
3: I always bought as many free hacks as I could get at Auto those, whatever, were they like the vending machines or the Uvent? That was mm-hmm. Yeah, that was whatever part of the vent.
2: W- you could build your own with the yeah. Uvent vent. I think you could buy them too. And then that, yeah, yeah, at certain vending machines, you could buy them.
3: I always got as many as I could especially with I forget what they were some of them were harder to do than others I can't remember if it's the safes or the cameras I don't know yeah but I did yeah. not hack very
2: much yeah I I don't know I was not very good at the time pressure of the puzzle um, right. it got it got stressful it for yeah, sure. It did. got super
0: stressful, and I ran into more than one where I like couldn't solve it. There, like, there wasn't a solution.
3: You had to go so fast,
0: based on like I don't know. I had the I had the flow eighty percent of the way done, and then the remaining four tiles, like yeah. I couldn't. They're just yep, and you it was know,
3: too late. The flow was to already too late. Go all the way yeah. back and change, and mm-hmm. it was, uh,
2: yeah. It was uh, The stress was real. Let me tell yeah, you. Sure. I mean, not surprisingly, my gameplay strategy was bullets and brute force uh so so you could also shoot all of those security things and just blow
3: them up (laughs) which is what i did for the first 80 percent of the game Yeah. yeah yeah for sure so the next mission you are basically given by atlas is to go to the medical pavilion or i guess the first thing that he asks you to do Let me say, if I lived in Rapture, I wouldn't trust any doctors with the creepy (laughs) posters and things hanging around the medical pavilion. You'll start finding tonics here that you can take, like the security tonics, like you're kind of talking about, and like physical tonics. I forget the different categories of tonics.
0: Combat. um, Physical. Physical. Are those different or are those the same? I think those were different. And then there was like the hacker one, whatever okay. the engineering, engineering, engineering. Yeah, so those were like the three tracks, I think.
3: Right. Which tonics is that? Just like a type of? It's not a plasmid, but it's still. See, there's a lot of like chemistry involved
0: in sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So they were kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was so just like a, like a potion.
3: So exactly what the potion? Okay. Oh, okay. Potion. Yeah. All right. A I scientific.
0: A scientific potion.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you, you take these potions. Great. Um, so you start finding those as well as the incinerate plasmid, which is my number one plasmid. That's the one where you can like light people on fire from oh a my distance. God.
0: You lit everybody on fire. I
3: sure did. <laughs> because I could do it from a distance. I didn't have to get close to them. And it pretty much took care of them. Only, yeah. only yeah. rarely did you have to do more damage to them. But, f- you know, for the easy guys, it pretty much took care of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was my number three nice. plasmid. Because there were certain points of the game or uh, areas where you could use it to melt ice and get certain items yeah or move forward in places as well so
0: yeah it was uh it's an honorable mention for me for really? sure really i'm ex- mm-hmm.
3: interested to hear the rest of yours
0: yeah the uh i mean i love the using the incinerate in like the pools of oil i don't know if you guys stumbled on that little tactic like mm-hmm. yeah if if somebody was standing in a pool of oil you could light that on fire or light them on fire and then it would yes. do much more damage. Use the environment. Sure That's a big part of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's also those um, like propane tanks mm-hmm. that are all over the place. If you light those on fire, they blow up.
3: Uh, Sean has something to say.
0: Sean,
2: could we pause for a brief second? I've gotten a text that there is a large spider that.
0: Um, Whoa! I need, uh, is, um, Keep recording nice. though. Yes, but
2: yes. <laughs> okay, I'll be. I'll be. I want the
0: story when you get back. I mean, I can <laughs> Sorry.
2: Mission accomplished? Are you? No. Um, doesn't end well. The spider's nowhere to be found. I guess. Oh, oh my no. god, that's the, that's worst, the worst possible case ending. <laughs> oh my god. Bummer. Anyway,
0: does she have spray? Spray that shit.
2: <laughs> we used the vacuum hose, so we're probably just creating a our own rapture within <laughs> the vacuum. <laughs> That's always my fear. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay.
3: All right. So basically, the mission that you're given by Atlas is to take out Doctor Steinman, who we find out has really gotten cut happy during his surgeries, and he was um, experimenting with patients and things.
0: Yeah. So Steinman uses Adam like like he's one of the early proponents of this this chemical substance. Yes. That was found by Bridget Tenenbaum, who will be, Mm I could be introduced later, Mm -hmm. but it's basically magic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and it allows for things like plasmids, I think are based on Adam. Right. Um, They fill the Eve vials, Adam and Eve. I don't know, you know what that is meant for, but he uses Adam to perfect his patience. Yes. Let's say.
3: Yes, he does. Per their request or not. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> he's so yeah, we, a terrifying individual.
3: Yeah. So he's hopped up on Adam and we learned that, yeah, like Brandon is saying, Adam is basically what lets you take on plasmids and tonics. So all of these splicers that are in Rapture are basically overdosing on Adam. Yeah. And they're all hopped up and too much Adam causes all of these tons of side effects, Makes you go crazy. It
0: does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in this handling of this substance is the main criticism of objectivism that the Bioshock team is trying to convey to us. That, like, Andrew Ryan uh, wanted to establish this utopia Mm
1: -hmm. in the Mm
0: -hmm. sea because he, you know, he, he established this utopia in the sea that is far away from anybody who would try to tax him or take his property or. You know, he's got a problem with the communists. He's got a problem with the Americans. He's got a problem with everybody. Mm -hmm. So this was the only place suitable for him to build his rapture. Right. And the handling of Adam, like the unregulated nature in which everybody was just allowed to experiment on Mm -hmm. everybody else. And as we talk about the the little sisters that will come in and this is where like the biggest flaw in this theory, is, is, is existing, right? And mm-hmm. if you let anybody do anything, it just turns into chaos.
3: Sure, which mm-hmm. we definitely have do. Which, which is what we see, right? For sure. So you explore the medical pavilion and the dental area until you find Dr. Steinman in a surgery suite operating on a body. You take him out using plasmids and weapons, and you actually end up electrocuting him uh, when he runs into the, a water-filled room. He's basically our first boss
1: Yeah, that we mm-hmm. take
3: out.
0: And each of these levels is like kind of surrounding a boss, yes. which is just like kind of a, one of Andrew Ryan's people that are, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at least there are these mini bosses throughout the way, right? Yep.
3: yep. So you're then directed around the medical pavilion until you encounter your first, what we call little sisters. We've been kind of been talking about them a little bit. So there are these creepy looking little girls. This is where you learn that you can either harvest the little sister, which basically takes all her atom but then kills the host, which is the little girl. Or you can rescue the little sister, which gets you a little bit of Adam, but obviously saves the little girl and makes her a little girl again. So we'll find out later, um, mostly in the audio logs, but these little sisters are basically the host to these sea slugs that are creating a ton of Adam. For some reason, little girls are the best hosts for creating a ton of atom
0: yeah and they like are charged with going around the city and extracting unused atom from corpses corpses yes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is just horrifying Uh uh-huh and and here we meet bridget tenenbaum for the first time she's like up in a balcony somewhere and she's kind of yeah she's like telling you to i think she's kind of instructing you to uh what's the word rescue rescue yes she she's instructing you to rescue these little girls i think she throws you down a tool to to do it um yeah yeah. i don't know the
3: specifics
2: whereas atlas is like hey you need adam to survive down here and you should harvest them yes like they're nasty creatures don't think of them as little girls or you know like right which you know we
0: will. yes you've got one on
3: one shoulder the other on another shoulder and you have to decide what to do
0: Hey everybody, this is Brandon cutting in to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by, well, us, the Uncredible Gamers. At the moment, the Uncredible Gamers is something the three of us are just doing for a bit of fun, but we hope to grow that into something a bit, well, bigger. And right now, the best way for you to help us do that is by clicking subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and by following us on Twitter at Uncredible Gamer, no S. Thanks again for listening, and now, back to the show.
3: I don't think I ever harvested a little sister, at least not on purpose. I might have hit a wrong button in panic early on, but I, I don't think <laughs> no, I did. Didn't. I think I rescued all of them. Yeah,
0: I did too. Every,
2: yeah, Correct. Me too. Me too. Yeah.
3: We, we rescued we, all of them. Our
2: digital conscience is strong.
3: Yes. Yeah. I, don't,
2: I don't know <laughs> if I saved every little sister that I encountered. There were some. Right.
3: There's so many. So you find that um, there are big daddies as well which are basically these huge robot-looking things, which later we learn there's actually a real person yeah. sewn inside, yes, merged into this robot suit, which is really creepy to think about. <laughs> but if a little sister is threatened or you get too close or you're attacking her, Big Daddy will attack with the force of a thousand men. <laughs> they will just come at you.
0: And I, yeah, I s- think i had gone down too hard before i took on my first big daddy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: maybe not though so the big daddies they're like two kinds they're bouncers and rosies Mm -hmm. and the kind of history here is that they were the suits Mm -hmm. they had a job in rapture before these little sisters the little sister program kind of happened late in rapture's Mm
1: -hmm.
0: life and the Rosies were riveters, and so they would be outside. And you see some of them outside of Rapture walking around on the, on the uh, ocean floor.
3: Oh, really? I didn't um, catch that.
0: I think you do at least, or you see maybe a, like a corpse <laughs> yeah. out there. But they rivet together like the joints, and they kind of keep things strong from the outside. Mm-hmm. And then the bouncers have a big drill as a hand. Yes, Yes. And they are like miners. So they go out and they harvest rocks and ore and things from the ocean floor that can be used in uh, expanding rapture. And so they had jobs before they were charged with Mm -hmm. protecting the little or before it it was found that they could protect these little sisters. And I took on one of the bouncers and those guys freaking move.
3: Yeah, Yeah. they're fast for being so big and heavy.
0: And I think like once or I mean, it was like one or two like times that they ran into you with those drills. Yeah, Uh, you're done. Yeah. And so I spent like I spent a bit of time with my first bouncer before I had tools and a strategy Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) in the medical pavilion. It was it was a disaster. I
3: skipped a lot of them in the beginning until I could figure out my strategy on how to defeat them. Yeah. Which eventually became. Using a grenade launcher, and then it took like three grenades, and they were done. Yes. So, like we did, we rescued the little sisters, and then they say thanks, Mister, which is cute, and then they <laughs> run off, and I hope that splicers don't catch up to them. Yeah, uh-huh. they run um,
2: off somewhere, right? Whatever, where, wherever we don't know yet. <laughs> did you ever
0: see a big daddy like knocking on the like the little sisters mm-hmm. come from these vents, this like ductwork? There's like yeah. vents that they travel through. And there's like gold arches that are on the wall, mm-hmm. and the the big daddies like knock on them. Mm-hmm. And if you if you clear like the entire area of little sisters, like so mm-hmm. if you save everyone in an area, the big dad if there's any big daddies around, they'll still go there and like knock on the vent and nobody will come and he'll like hang his head and walk away <laughs> and like go to another one to try to get a little sister. Yeah. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah.
3: Super interesting. So we're also introduced to our first gatherers garden, which I loved these stations. These are the ones that let you get new tonics and plasmids, right? You can get both here. Yeah.
2: Yep. You can spend yep. at them, um, get things like plasmids, tonics, as well as some other stuff, I think like um, more health, slots, more health. Um, yes, yeah,
3: yeah and yeah. health. Yeah, more
2: health, yeah. more plasmid meter stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, you can upgrade a lot of your existing gadgets and plasmids and stuff. If you saved enough little sisters, they would leave you special presents at the gatherer's garden. Yeah, <laughs> was which, cute. So cute.
2: A <laughs> little teddy bear. Um,
3: yes. Yeah, for sure. So. This is a kind of the next thing that we are introduced to, where these little sisters and big daddies. So you'll basically do everything in this section, and then you'll be guided to the Bathysphere Station, which takes you to Neptune's bounty, which includes Fontaine's fishery and wharf areas. So this is our next kind of big section within Rapture. At this point, some of the dialogue that you... Git alludes to the fact that Fontaine is basically this mobster that's kind of taken over the quote unquote underground system of smuggling and contraband, who is also pretty ruthless and is kind of building his own army to take on Andrew Ryan for control of Rapture.
0: Mm-hmm. Did yeah. I get,
3: kind of summarize him okay?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much of that you get here, but definitely you are enlightened to his smuggling operation. Yeah. And you know that he's kind of a player.
3: I think in the audio dialogues, you get a lot of those little snippets up to this point.
0: Yeah. But it's just kind of a cool area, right? It's like, it's a fishery underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. There's like docks that you can walk on and, but I don't know what they're over. There's just like dirt, I guess, underneath them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but that area looks, I mean, it's cool. There's like a, you know, I don't know what a wharf is, but I know that it it's yeah. sounds like this. <laughs> <Seems> legit. <laughs> it's, I it's a, this is a place <laughs> for a wharf. W-H.
3: Exactly. So you'll also get introduced to spider splicers in this section, which oh. are my number one least favorite splicers. I thought <laughs> that
0: we're ranking them, but you just want to make sure that you, <laughs> you get it out there.
3: It was my top in my top threes, isn't it? No, isn't no. It splicers aren't? No. Oh well. I, I <laughs> Ashley's just going
0: above has got a I
3: numbered them as well. <laughs> so they are my number one least favorite splicer because they are fast and they attack from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So they crawl around all over and they drop down on top of you.
0: This is where you playing on quiet volume hurt you because I could I could, you could hear, hear the that they were there. Patter. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you probably just saw them drop down in I front could, of your face. I
3: I heard it too late. I think they were like already above me at that <laughs> point. And then my camera would just shoot up.
0: These are the creepiest, I think, Mm -hmm. splicers in the game for sure. By by a country mile, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Atlas is sending you to Peach Wilkins in Fontaine's Fishery. He's supposed to help you, I think, get to Atlas's family so you can help save them.
0: I think that, that, yeah. Yep.
3: So Wilkins sends you on a mission to take pictures of spider splicers for whatever reason.
0: So is this dude just a creep? I guess. (laughs) Or, like, why does he want these pictures? Is a fetish? I don't
3: don't, don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I
0: don't
3: don't remember if he said why he wanted them. I think
0: he's just a little bit of a, hey, don't yuck people's yum, I guess, but
3: (laughs) let's not be mean. Let's not be
0: mean to Peach. He wants a picture.
3: Maybe he likes photography. Who knows?
0: You know, he, he is not very nice.
3: That's true. But so we learned how to use the camera here. I didn't really utilize any of the camera. Stuff you could maybe you get um, what are they called? Trophies. Yes, trophies. Oh, for, for sure. Cheap. Well, you get pictures. You or get stuff.
0: bonuses actually if you like fully research things. You your damage increases for the thing that you research by taking mm. pictures uh-huh. of them. Mm. I was a freaking amateur photographer. Yeah, freaking Ansel Adams of rapture. <laughs> I'm out there. That's a photographer, right? Ansel Adams mm.
3: sounds good. I don't. Uh, know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was a professional, though. Well, (laughs)
3: yes, (laughs)
0: regardless. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I took pictures of like I was taking pictures of everything left and right. I wanted to max them out. I don't know what thing it sent off in my brain, but yes, I wanted to do that.
3: But the best you got the most points or the best grade because they're like graded ABC, whatever. You got the best grade if it was alive and close to you correct
0: which means that they were like coming at you exactly with a yeah vengeance yes
3: which i was not fast enough to multitask and take a cam- <laughs> take a picture and then get to my weapon and then get to the mid time so yeah i didn't utilize any of that so anyway he's basically our second boss battle so once he decides to let you in he doesn't trust you of course and you have to take him out this one was really creepy as the lights go pitch black and then they come back on into a totally foggy room. And the only weapon you have are your plasmids. Because he made you check everything before you could enter them his him in a pneumo lair. tube. Yeah. So I was really heightened during this boss battle. I was waiting to squeal in this one.
0: Yeah, this one was tough. Because, like, well, there were cameras, I
3: think, around. Mm-hmm. That yep.
0: would go off. And, like, all of a sudden you have security bots to deal with. And
3: I think you had to stay in a small area to not set off any of the cameras
0: yeah no I, I i struggled with this one it was it was uh it was a bit stressful for sure
3: mm-hmm.
0: Peach is just like a typical nitro slicer nitro splicers are the ones that throw grenades at you they have the box yeah and yes. they like run away and they just you know i think yeah. he was one of those maybe the first one of those that we deal with i don't know probably but he i mean he's no big deal but this the whole scenario that he creates was right. kind of a
3: nightmare yeah yes yeah. yeah. So this leads you to some cool exploring once you defeat him into the fishery. So you can, like Sean was saying, you can use your incinerate plasma to melt ice in the fishery surrounding some freezers where you can find some good ammo. A ton of audio logs are in there and there's some safes, which this might be the first time that we find a good amount of safes that we can hack? How did you feel about those? Were they worth the effort?
0: They were tough to splice or just, no, what's the word? Hack. Hack. <laughs> <laughs> they were tough to hack. Yeah. Cause like in almost every one, it starts with like the tube going in the direction that you don't want. And then the mm-hmm. only other visible one is like going straight up. And so if you don't like immediately switch that out, then you're SOL.
3: Yeah. So yeah. They start, they start flowing pretty quick, right?
0: Y- yeah. Well, and I mean, there is very little recourse if it does start flowing, and then mm-hmm. yeah, so you can fail pretty quickly. Yeah. I never was killed by a hack, right? But I was very badly injured. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, he took some hits. Yeah, I don't think I wasted my special free hacks on the safes. I saved those for the cameras. I think. Oh, so I just, I tried my hand at doing the the flow puzzle. The safe's those. got some
0: good stuff, though. You,
3: Sometimes they did. Other times they didn't really have anything. Yeah.
0: You know, you can freeze the things that you're hacking. So if you have like a one of the freezing plasmids, mm-hmm. if you freeze it, then the machine slows down, I think.
3: You tell me this now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. So that's kind of an interesting mechanic.
3: Yeah. So I think you have to find a secret passage or tunnel down in the fisheries to get you down to that submarine area, which is where Atlas tells you his family is supposed to be. And also your ticket out of Rapture in the submarine. Right. I knew it was too easy.
0: Yeah. I want to go back real quick to to that area where you're like using Ignite to melt away the ice. Yeah. And there's a couple of hidden areas in these vaults, almost,
3: yeah. that have, like, where like the fish crouch, are stored. You could, crouch down and get through a tunnel. Yeah, and then there's some, like, hanging fish, which creep me out.
0: Well, and there's, there's this one area where, I don't know if it's a memory that play. Well, there's, like, a, you get these, like, memories that play where you...
3: Yeah, every so often. Yeah.
0: And I don't know why we have that. Like, you don't have memories, do you? Right. Anyway. But there's like one area where there was clearly like the smuggling operation went bad and they were like torturing these people like in the, in the freezers, and yeah. there's a bunch of cash yeah. <laughs> around oh, wow. them. Yeah. Just the environmental storytelling is just so phenomenal in this mm-hmm. game, and you really get the sense that, oh, Fontaine was into some. He was yeah. into some bad stuff,-huh.
3: Yeah. I would try to use my telekinesis plasmid, which we picked up at some point, which allows you to throw and move stuff with your mind or whatever yeah. I would try to use that to try to reveal another secret passage when I was in there and it didn't do anything but I would make the, like the hanging fish move and then I would freak <laughs> out that there was a splicer every single time I would do it I freaked out that there was a splicer behind me but it was just the fish moving that I that accidentally you moved that yeah. You yeah Wow. so anyways you're heading down to this sub again I knew it was going to be too easy because you basically get down to the sub and it's immediately blown up. So, now with, with
0: Atlas's family in it.
3: That's what he says. Yeah. Mhm. Yep, he says we never see them, but he says that they were inside or whatever. So now Atlas starts talking to you. He's enraged that Andrew Ryan would kill his family and now he's out for revenge. Basically.
0: Yeah, this is where the mission turns from save Atlas and his family to <laughs>
3: take out andrew ryan
0: yeah kill andrew ryan for murdering alice's family Mm
3: -hmm. Yep.
2: yeah and i think down here is where maybe we first get andrew ryan like directly radioing to us as well
0: yeah 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 there's a couple of sections in the medical pavilion i think where he he like shows up on a tv at one point Mm -hmm. in time and sends some I mean, he's kind of tracking you, right? You're, right. you're not hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everybody There's knows cameras that you're cameras all here. over the place. And, um, so yeah, he's tracking you. And, and I think in the medical pavilion, he knows that you're there, but then he talks to you directly where the submarine is at in order to, I don't know if he's taking your measure or what the deal is, but he definitely is, uh, or I think he thinks you're like a CIA spy and <laughs> right, right, he's, he's throwing all this conjecture that you're, but he knows that you're out to get him.
3: Yeah, I think he's, the whole time he's trying to, like, justify his cause yeah. whenever he's talking to you. Like, I'm not the person you think I am. I've created this glorious place kind of thing. Well,
0: and everybody's always out to get him, right? Just, sure. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So, or, he,
0: or so he thinks.
3: Right, exactly. Which yeah.
0: actually is true in this case.
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I forget what our next official mission is, but you end up leaving the fishery and are introduced to the next section of Rapture, which is Arcadia, which is my uh, second favorite section. I'm sorry. To,
0: I'm sorry. I keep going back on you. That's okay. But we, I don't know if you noticed this throughout the caves that you're like going through when mm-hmm. you leave, like where you get to the submarine and then you get to the bathysphere. Like you're yeah, going you through, go through, these, through
3: some like, tunnels or these something. These tunnels and these yeah. caves. Mm-hmm. And,
0: there are just so many corpses with just copious amounts of alcohol on them. Like, yes. you, you can you can find corpses and, you know, loot them for stuff. Like, in this one, all three of the places you can loot have, like, wine, distilled vodka. Well,
3: yeah, because you're getting close to Arcadia, which has the winery.
0: Oh, uh, well, maybe. I just was thinking that they were uh, thinking that these workers were Hanging drunks out. out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
3: just... That's what I just connected it to is that they were coming from the winery.
0: Yes, but I'm sorry, Arcadia.
3: Yeah. So Arcadia, my second favorite section um, or location of our top eight. So this is the area that has a tea garden, Arcadia Glens, which is that huge forest area, the farmer's market, which has a winery area. It's just really pretty and the only place that has trees. So that's why it's my second favorite location
0: it's my first favorite location nice actually and it's it's it is the most i think i don't want to say most unique everything's unique and most yeah. unique is a bad turn of phrase anyway but yes. um <laughs> but they do such a nice job of of establishing this forest under water Mm-hmm. that also has a farmer's market and there's a distill. as you get into there's a winery and there's yeah. a beekeepers like place and just the mm-hmm. the variety of areas that each have their own distinct features
1: mm-hmm. yeah. is
0: very uh i think is very good in this section in particular even though there's no like main bad guy that we're fighting against in this in this area
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just i think it's just one of my favorite areas for that reason
2: yeah it's Absolutely. also my second favorite from what you get what you guys talked about too and, and yeah i think something about the greenery Underground, you know, or underwater, and the and then what it what happens as we play through is also interesting, as well.
3: Awesome. Uh, you'll also get introduced to the Houdini splicer for the first time here in Arcadia. At first, they freaked me out because they would come and go so fast. But then you started to figure out when they are around based on little song. They would always sing a funny little song to themselves. (laughs) So then you could hear them coming. But I didn't know what was happening at first. All of a sudden, they were there, and then they weren't. And
0: Well, and as you go through this area, they... I f- forget. I think the word is s- Saturnine. The word is Saturnine, meaning slow and gloomy. Although, these jabronis were definitely not slow. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like this: these Houdini people mm-hmm. are in this cult. That Did you ever get into their underground caves? I guess not. There's like these caves throughout this area that are hidden, kind of. Uh Uh-huh. And you can go in them, and there's water underneath them. But there's these altars with a bunch of, like, candles all around. Maybe
3: I found that.
0: And when you go in there, you're immediately attacked by these, uh, by Houdini splicers. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, like, like on top of this, like, oh, there's a winery, and then there's the, the gardens. And there's a cult
1: who live in <laughs> caves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's like paintings all over the there's like symbols that are painted all over the mm-hmm. the area in the farmers market, yeah. Huh.
3: But they'd also weren't they the ones that would like try to lure you like, woohoo, over here. Maybe. I think that was them. And then you would go and follow them and then they would go somewhere else and
0: disappear on you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They were they were jokesters. Yes. But <laughs> So you can explore a lot of the tea garden uh, in this one, but pretty early on, Andrew Ryan, I believe, releases some type of poison into the air, which is slowly killing the plants. Which Just is Just a
0: real dick move.
3: Which is obviously bad for your oxygen supply, right? So you'll be given the objective to find a rose specimen for Dr. Julie Langford, who we're introduced to, who we learn is a scientist that has grown the trees in Rapture to basically help with oxygen production so she works for andrew ryan but she also sees the benefit of like selling excess oxygen (laughs) you know capitalizing on the need so
0: and andrew ryan kills the trees because he kind of at this point is seeing the writing on the wall yeah and says If I can't have rapture, nobody can. Like he's going to kill his city rather than.
3: I think that was basically the message that he gave for sure.
0: That was his intent. And now your mission for this little area is to save rapture. Right. By saving its oxygen supply. Or else,
3: yeah, you're not going to have any oxygen. Yep. So all around you, the trees are lighting on fire and there's this green fog in the air from the poison. I really felt the pressure during this section to work fast.
0: It so. totally, it totally changes the atmosphere, right? Yeah. It goes from this kind of nice, airy place to just like this, this hellish landscape. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, this whole place is hell. It's I thought this fire. was my res- my respite. You know? Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't really explore too much in here. I basically looked for the rose specimen and got it back to Lingford. Um, but as soon as you get there, there's going to be a cut scene where her office is filled with gas and she scrawls a four-digit code on the glass, real creepy-like. <laughs> So you'll get into her office where you use that code to open a safe that has a key. We'll learn later that it's for the farmer's market area within Arcadia. Um, You'll also find a diary entry that you have to listen to to get your next objective, which is to find a bunch of components like distilled water and enzyme samples to create what's called the Lazarus Vector. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to grow the plants again and restore Oxygen, obviously, is super important. Yeah.
0: yeah. This, that little cutscene is maybe one of my favorite cinematics in the game. Like yeah. the way they do it is super mm-hmm. effective. You're locked in that little...
3: You can't do anything to help her.
0: And then you just see her writing yeah. on the wall, mm-hmm. the code, safe. You know, it's yeah. yep. super effective, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. This game does a nice job of incorporating a lot of different play elements mm-hmm. like yeah. you get the audio logs which are different you get some cut scenes but not a lot of cut scenes well uh, it's not
0: really a cut scene even it's just, i mean you can't
3: do anything y- yeah i guess from yeah. my view like a cutscene, basically you just have to watch
0: yeah in that sense yeah it's just it's just something's happening in front of you yeah yeah I and mean, you can you could not watch like you could turn around and not you could know turn. anything that's happening
3: mm-hmm. okay.
0: it doesn't lock your camera necessarily doesn't. but sometimes
3: it does doesn't it
0: yeah a couple times throughout the game but but it's just so effective i think yeah yeah
3: so our next mission is to collect all of these components so now you kind of go to this farmer's market area which is cute with a whole bunch of food stands all over which i (laughs) liked and there is a lot to explore (laughs) there is also an i guess what do you call an an apiary apiary
0: apiary sounds Mm -hmm. right what is that though
3: a place where the bees are kept
0: oh it's a bee place
3: yeah this section was really difficult as there were a ton of beehive boxes, oh, I, I guess, to explore to find the components yes. you needed for the Lazarus Vector. But there were so many splicers that came to attack yeah. and bees that would attack you.
0: Every time that you opened up a beehive, splicers would come at you. Like that was yes. a trigger. yeah. And so like every time you failed in finding one, you'd be attacked Yep, Yep. and then on top of that, you had only had a limit. You had only a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. before the bees would come in.
3: Yeah, you could turn on the smoke machine, which kept the bees at bay. But when it timed out, the bees all came out and attacked.
0: Yeah, I thought Mm -hmm. that this was kind of tedious. It
3: was because I thought I had enough components, and then I didn't have enough. And I was like, "Well, maybe I didn't check all those tiny little boxes all over the bee place." Yeah,
0: this entire game is here.'s an objective: go get these things, Mm -hmm. come back and then move on, and then, you know, there's fetch quest kind of yeah. mm-hmm. element, which is effective in, like, letting you explore the area. But it, I felt it here. Like, it, I felt it like, okay, now I just got to go collect all these things. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know?
3: I mean, it gives you an opportunity to explore the Arcadia area, which yeah. is cool cause there was cool because there's so much to see and a new side of Rapture that you hadn't seen yet. Kind of talking about that, another thing that the game did really nice was it, clearly showed you what your objectives were and then if you got stuck you could go to hints which were really helpful like maybe you look in this area or this person should be located in this area which otherwise you would be exploring rapture forever to find some of the things
0: that's true Yeah. um yeah.
3: so I, I like that they did that it was never too much information and you didn't have to use the hint if you didn't want to but sometimes with games you get stuck and it's like i don't know where the hell i'm supposed to go from here yeah, yeah. right
0: well, I don't thank g- know what I'm missing. Thank God for the, the God arrow that told you where to go. Yeah. Because, yes, that was nice too. Because the map I I'm a no. pretty well educated individual. <laughs> uh, played games all my life. I couldn't make heads or tails of that map. That man, map was man, I, I was like, like, where am I? What do I need to do to go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs>
3: So eventually you'll get all of your components and head back to Langford's lab and you'll...
0: The, sorry, I wanted to make one note in the winery area. Okay. Which where you're getting your distilled water, I think sure. is all over the place.
3: Yeah. In mm-hmm. the
0: winery. There are two things that happen in this area. One was, uh, so I had telekinesis and let me talk a little bit that telekinesis is my favorite.
3: What? Me too. my
0: favorite. Number one. What? It's plasmid, yes. That was my
3: least favorite. I don't think I knew how to use it right.
0: Well, I used it later a lot, and I would pick up the propane tanks and throw them at groups of Spicers, <laughs> and it would instantly kill them, and that nice. was fantastic. Yeah. Big but, yeah. And, oh, Big oh. Daddy's for you, yeah. For me, I accidentally caught one of the houdini's fireballs Mm -hmm. you know the houdini shoots fireballs at you Mm -hmm. i caught it on accident which Mm -hmm. was fantastic and then i shot it back at him (laughs) and then he caught fire and he was next to water and so he freaked out and jumped in the water to put himself out yeah and then i shot him while he was in the water but (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) <laughs> but it was just so like cool the way that
2: he reacted to my you know
3: oh man like wait a second kidding. what's happening to me that's good
2: <laughs> that was an indiana jones moment there like i thought you'd be like so then i switched to my electro bolt and uh, there you go. Like, <laughs> and, and then i shot <laughs> yeah but my, but my
0: second story here i think it's in the distillery area i might be mistaken i am mistaken i'm gonna i'm gonna table this story this is actually comes into play in fort frolic
3: okay but, Pocket that.
0: Oh, but there is one spot in the wine where you get trapped, like they set a trap for you. There's like this little cargo container or something with a bed in it and there's a bunch of goodies and you walk in and as soon as you walk in, like these like bolts, these trap bolts fly trapping you in and then okay. a bunch of spicers come to like try to get you while you're, while you're trapped in there.
1: Hmm.
0: And, uh, and I fell for the trap, mm. but I took care Sucker. of business. So. Nice. Nice yeah i was coming to him i did not explore enough
2: to uh, <laughs> to, get, to trapped. get trapped i guess i was i don't know i think the game i spent so much time not finding all of the stuff that i needed that i think the game like finally was like okay we need to help him out and then there was like the I, it was like the last item i can't remember if it was the enzyme or whatever or the distilled water or something but i just remember like in that winery area for so long or not the wine. So the winery was like, was the winery where you had the bar and then you go, went into the cellar? Yeah. Envelope. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It was like the, the farmer's market part of it or whatever with all the different sections and stands and whatnot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't find the, like the last thing that I needed in there. And then finally it was like on the ground in front of me. So I, said, <laughs> I think the game like, you go. it you timed go. out on me. It was like, uh, move along. The, well, there was like the, pro. what was it? Chlorophyll?
1: Mm-hmm. Chlorophyll, Later,
0: yeah. Every Houdini that you killed, I think, had a chlorophyll on them oh, or something. Ah, okay. uh,
1: yep.
2: yeah, yeah, that might have been it too. That I just didn't face enough of them, or most of them, at least. Yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. So you're gonna head back to Langford's lab with all of your components, so that you can activate the machine to make the Lazarus vector, which again is gonna bring back those trees. It tells you to go lock some door to keep the splicers out, but I had no idea which door they were talking about, so I just buckled down for battle. I
0: don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a button you can press to like close the door.
3: Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. I didn't see it, I didn't know. So, this so is you, you
0: cocked your shotgun and said,
3: I, yep. I <laughs> explored a little bit to try to find what door they were talking about because the hint said it. I don't know. I was very confused. So, this, I guess, is one time where the hint didn't help me because I didn't <laughs> know where it was directing me to go to. But this was probably one of the most challenging sections as there came waves of splicers. And I, of course, didn't hack any cameras, so I had no help from any of the cameras. There is a Big Daddy that's strolling around without a little sister, whatever they're called when they're by themselves. I don't know. So you could hypnotize Big Daddy, which is my third favorite plasmid, so that he would basically protect you instead of a little sister. So that was helpful because then he would attack the splicers for you. But I consistently accidentally shot him every time and then he would (laughs) turn on me. (laughs) So that backfired on me a lot. So there was, I forget how many waves, there's at least four waves of splicers that come through all while the Lazarus vector is basically brewing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In her lab. Yeah. 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 I got trapped here by a big daddy that I hypnotized because I did the same strategy as yeah. you. But like I walked into like this little cutout, like there's like a little niche uh-huh. that you can go into just to explore. Yeah. And then he like followed me. Yeah, <laughs> that
3: happened to me before too. And then
0: he like blocked my exit, and I could you, get past. So him. big, yeah. So then I, I think I had to, I think I had to shoot him. <laughs> and yeah. It wasn't good. From right,
3: because you're stuck in a tight space. Well,
0: on hard to kill a big daddy at this point in the game, I exhausted mm-hmm. like everything in my arsenal. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like ammo less and I was really fighting for ammo throughout this game. Like, you know, yeah, I would run low on things and then have yeah. to, you know, buy stuff or find stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was, a you know, getting into a, a tussle with the big daddy that I wasn't prepared for did not ever end well for me. Sure.
3: <laughs> yep. So eventually you'll finish the waves and you'll get a notice that the Lazarus vector machine is ready and you'll be able to go back to her lab. Turn it on and revive all the trees so you complete that mission.
0: And rescue Rapture.
3: And rescue Rapture, yep. And then that is the end of Neptune's bounty section.
0: No, nope, Arcadia.
3: I'm sorry, which is the end of Arcadia section, which leads us to Sean, I believe.
2: Yeah, so at this point, we're leaving Arcadia, and Atlas is like, get in this bathysphere. We are headed to Ryan. Basically, like you got to go to one one place where like you'll get on the next bathysphere to head directly to Ryan's office. And then once you get to that place, this place is called Fort Frolic. And um, I almost consider it like an interlude (laughs) to the story kind of because it's like not the main story, really.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Once you get out at Fort Frolic, there's this fellow named Sander Cohen who like disables your radio. Communications between Atlas and Ryan. We thought Peach Wilkins was a creep. <laughs>
0: this
3: guy. Yep.
2: Holy moly. What is it with people taking
0: pictures in this in this uh game? Yeah. He's
3: kind of like uh it reminded me of uh, Medusa.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Because his people were like ceramic.
0: There was a bunch of frozen people yes. everywhere. Yes, for sure. Sorry, Sean, I'm stepping on your
2: No, that's alright. So yeah, so you got this guy Sander that's coming over talking to you, and he's Clearly has a lot of control over this area because he's like locking you out of, uh, you know, going forward in this place, which looks kind of cool. It's like movie theater kind of, you know, there's like vestibules and I guess that's probably a part of the, the metro thing. But um,
0: there's, there's slot machines everywhere. Yeah. My yeah.
3: number one location.
0: It's my number two location. Yeah, Nice. Yeah. Why is it your number one, Ash?
3: Yeah, like Sean is saying, there's so much stuff there. There's this cool theater that's huge and lit up, and there's a record and the cocktail lounge and shops and things. The entertainment so yeah, was, district, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: ditto. I won't belabor that point. Cause you <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. So anyway, you basically have to clear out all of the splicers in this like first area, and then he's impressed enough with you To allow you into like true Fort Frolic, where there's a theater and uh, like we were saying, there's like the theater, Fleet Hall, like a concert theater, and then a bunch of bars, yeah, salon, all sorts of stuff. So once you get into that second section, he like tells you to go into Fleet Hall for an assignment. And then there, it's very creepy. Um, It's a very cool theater (laughs) and it's like one of those like cocktail lounge theaters where there's like tables. Um, I want to open one of these someday. I,
3: I know we talk about that all the time. I just think
2: it'd be so cool. Like,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. a little dinner, <laughs> a little dinner theater. Right. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And, uh, but the creepy part of it is, is it is stark empty except for one spotlight on a piano and somebody being forced to play the piano and, uh, um, it's like crying. Yeah. He's clearly like being tortured and, uh, and, has some type of like mind control over him, um, as Sander has yeah, this this control over this person and forces him to play. And then when he starts to play, um, the piano then explodes. Ooh, and uh, don't remember that part. No, yeah. And then Sander gives you an assignment to take a photo. Like Ashley said, there's all of these like statues throughout this place of mummified people or dead splicers or whatnot or citizens of rapture that Sander along the way lets you know that he's an, this artist who's like made these sculptures out of people and has like gone crazy a- at this pursuit of like capturing people like this. So anyway, so he's found this, this muse, his like greatest work ever will be this. Um, I forget the, the term that it's called. His masterpiece? <laughs> the yes. yes. The masterpiece. Yes. Um, Quad tick. Is uh, what it was called. So back in the main spot, uh, the main hall there outside of the theater and everything, uh, there's this like s- stage that has sculptures and then it has like blank frames or whatever. And so this is the quad tick where he's now telling you he wants you to go around and f- photograph the, his like minions that have turned on him. So your assignments are to kill them and photograph them and then return the, these photographs to, to the wall, to this uh, this installation that he has. So you then are sent off. There's a place that's like all frozen called Poseidon's Plaza. One of his uh, minions are there. Let me see if I can find their names.
3: And we just blindly accept this mission from Sander Colin to go kill three of his Enemies. right
0: yeah <laughs> well i think yeah yes we do i think that sander cohen is really andrew ryan's right hand man and yeah. so fort frolic is standing between you and andrew ryan mm-hmm. and sander cohen is i think kind of protecting andrew ryan that's his charge at least okay mm-hmm. so at least what i think is funny in my interpretation of it is that like sander cohen slips on his duty <laughs> and mm-hmm. like sees you as his next prodigy (laughs) right and so you play along i guess in order to get to andrew ryan but yeah yeah you don't hesitate yeah you
3: just accept this mission to go kill three people that you don't know
0: yeah yep and atlas isn't you know would you kindly say you know asking you to do things right because your radio shut off right your radio shut off Mm -hmm. right
2: yeah exactly yeah so this is like a, a means to an end sort of encounter so anyway so you go to poseidon's plaza and Uh, I believe the the henchman that we fight here is Martin Finnegan. um, Yeah, yeah. And this is an interesting one. Uh, Martin Finnegan has has a freezing plasmid frozen field. So Martin has this plasmid uh, ability. And for me, what happened was I did not take him down fast enough. And so I got shot with frozen field. And it was kind of creepy and it was like my body was completely frozen and he mm-hmm. said something like, ah, I've got the perfect spot for you or something. And like you see this like frozen field of corpses and, and stuff that he's kind of made his own haul <laughs> of uh, of sculptures, if you will.
0: I was going to make a joke about that not happening to me, but it did happen to me.
2: It did happen yeah. to me too. I think it I has think to. It I think have it have has to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think you maybe, like, if you just shoot him down really quick, like, I don't know, if you're on easy well, and shoot him down. Really so quick, but. you get the crossbow in this section. This is where you're introduced to the crossbow.
0: Yeah. yeah
3: Sander Cohen gives you the crossbow.
0: Yeah. 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 The, so the crossbow is my number two favorite weapon. Yeah. Beca- and I got to be honest with you, I try to use it here. Mm-hmm. And it's not great when you're, like, under high pressure, I sure. found.
2: Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah.
0: <laughs> but what I found later in the game is mm-hmm. that if you kind of sneak up on people, mm-hmm. it's like an instant kill. Uh-huh. Nice.
2: Them, which okay. is which is
0: fantastic. Yeah. Uh, since it's introduced here, I will let you know that that's my number two. Nice. Weapon. And
3: when you're in these frozen tunnels, doesn't your health go down or you start, you start freezing?
2: Mm. I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but. I don't think so. Sense. I just think that he was attacking you.
3: For some reason, I remember needing to get out of there fast because of the cold.
2: You're just cold in general, you
3: know. <laughs> and maybe I still don't like cold places. No? <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway, so once you come to, you're able to battle him once again. And then yeah, I think once he dies, he drops that plasmid so that you can have that ability now.
0: See, so I already use... had that plasmid because I bought it, I think. Ah. Mm. I got to be honest with you. I I use it a couple times, but if you killed people while they were frozen, they didn't drop anything. Like Like, right. their bodies like, just... Shattered. Shattered. Ugh. And so
2: I didn't use it because I like to get stuff. Yep. That's right. I yep. like stuff. <laughs> yep.
3: Fill those pockets, baby.
2: <laughs> so... Obviously, you take down McDonough or Martin Finnegan, sorry, and then um, snap a photo, return it to the wall, and then you kind of get the next hint on where to go. That process repeats for the next two times. Those two other uh, mini villains are Bill McDonough and Silas Cobb. One of them is in a record store. I think all of these are the Houdini splicers, right? They kind of um, disappear on you. Um, At least one of them I remember fighting kind of in one of the bar areas and Mm -hmm. kind of chasing him down for a little while. Anyway, at one point in time, as you do this process over and over again, I think after like the second, second or third of four, Sander like freaks out on you and sends a bunch of splicers.
0: Yeah, Sean, I got I'm sorry. I got to correct you. Yeah. I don't think Bill McDonough is the guy you're thinking of. He... Bill McDonough is the general contractor for Rapture who has audio logs that you can listen to. Oh, and I'm sorry. Talks about. Hector Rodriguez.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah. Hector
0: Rodriguez, yes.
2: My fault, my fault.
0: I needed to save you from the comments. Yes.
1: <laughs> for when
0: people start listening to our Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, anyway, so you can clearly tell how much time I spent
1: <laughs> uh, figuring
2: that stuff out when I was playing. So anyway, like I said, after like the second or third photograph that you put up of four, Sander kind of freaks out on you and is like, "Actually, I changed my mind and uh, like you, you need to die." And sends a swarm of splicers at you that you have. Yeah,
3: you're down in you're in that main hall, yeah. right? It's like right is. after you dump
2: one of the photos, and there's a, there's a couple waves of splicers that you have to take out. And then after yeah. you get through them, he's um, impressed with you once again, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so once you complete his Quad Tick masterpiece, um, and this I will talk about, this was an audio diary that I did manage to pick up and listen to. And it stuck with me because it was weird at the time. And I was like, what <laughs> is he talking about? And it was the bunny ears. There yeah. was one where he was waxing chaotic. Um, <laughs> about these bunny ears and uh-huh. uh, you can't, I can't get them off. And I remember this because I think I was playing and Lindsay was uh, sitting next to me at the time probably thinking, like, the hell game are you playing? Because <laughs> um, he is essentially just going psychotic about not being able to get the bunny ears off.
0: Because well, uh-huh. he's wearing them when he starts walking down the exactly. stairs, right?
2: And then, yeah, uh-huh. so after you finish his masterpiece, then he, there's, like, this fanfare and like spotlight Mm -hmm. on top of the stairs of the main room and I think maybe confetti it's like a whole production of him like introducing himself to you and he provides you with a gift which I can't remember exactly what it is is it a plasmid Um, it's a tonic I think yeah okay
3: yeah um you only get the tonic if you don't kill him right away (laughs) which I did Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because he starts coming down the stairs, and I'm like, "Oh, I guess this is the next part," and so I just start <laughs> going after him.
2: Yeah. So who made me do all that. So yeah. So I did
3: not get that last tonic.
2: Yeah, but and the, so this is a fun. I think this time. is a fun fact of the game that, like, Sander is a villain, or like a, an enemy, if you want to say, character villain that you don't have to fight or kill at all. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you do attack him, then he will start to fight you like Ashley found out. But um, did you kill him? I did not. Oh, what does he do? He just opens up the case where it has that tonic and some like other, you know, ammo or like, you know, a couple other goodies. And I just kind of watched him. And, and then I think he just he walks away, I think. Like, he, mm-hmm. I think he just goes back up to his or he just stands there. I I can't quite remember, but I just remember, like, he didn't...
3: He didn't make a move, so you didn't make a move? I stood there,
2: yeah, I was, yep, exactly. Uh, I stood there for a little while, no traps, he didn't make a move, so then I just slowly backed away.
0: I couldn't abide his crimes, Uh and I let him give me a present, though. Yes, sure. Before I offed him. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And then I picked up. He has a key on him, and then I opened the chest that was locked next to the present, and then got some more goodies. Yeah, but later regretted killing him because he comes back if you explore. So, right, bum bum bump. bump, yeah. bump. So. I have to I have to cut in here and mm-hmm. say the story I meant to say earlier. There is a section in one of like the restaurants where people are frozen and ceramitized, mummified. Is it here? Yes, it's here. And there's like a place with a, you go behind the bar and there's a button you can press. And when you press the button, like a door opens up that I think was hidden, was Mm -hmm. previously hidden. Okay. And you go down there and it leads into this cellar that's kind of damp and, you know, there's like wine down there. And there's this ceramic person sitting in the chair in the corner. And then you walk to your left and there's an upgrade station and you go and you can upgrade your weapon Mm -hmm. like normal. Mm -hmm. And you hear a noise. And you turn around, and that ceramic person was not ceramic, but was, in fact, waiting for you to set a trap, and just, like, appears right behind you. Right oh, behind and you. And goes, rah!
3: This was the second time that I squealed. Yes. Because I turned around, yes. and bam, there was a person right there.
0: <laughs> and it, that scared me. Like yeah. I was like, and then you go to the chair, and the chair's empty, and it's like, you Sneaky. bastard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yep,
0: that got me. That was, that, was, that was great. That was fantastic.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so whether or not you take down Cohen or leave him be for another time, he you know, reestablishes your communications and you get the word from Atlas, go back out to the, the metro station and you can hop in the bathosphere to get to the next area where Ryan's office is.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with the famous latter half of Bioshock. Until then, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your gaming friends that we exist.